Welcome to the Rescue Church Podcast. This is Pastor Sarah Levecki, and this is the recording of our most recent Sunday sermon. We hope you enjoy. All right. Well, good morning. Today we are going to start a series on Joseph the Dreamer. Now, uh, Isaac did a good job. He laid a good, broad overview. So if you want to check out more on Joseph, he does a good overview on our YouTube page so you can check that out. But what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to spend a few weeks on Joseph uh, because you have the dreamer. God always starts with a man, sometimes a woman with the virgin birth. But other than that, God starts with a man. God starts with someone. God apprehends someone to walk with him to then take on his vision and his values and carry out his mission. God could do things without us, but he chooses not to. And uh, that's a beautiful thing. If you have kids, you know, you know that doing things with your kids actually makes things take longer. <laughs> but there's a great beauty in that whole process. And so I'm thankful that we get to be included in um, the process. So you have the dreamer. And then you have the process that he goes through to prepare him for the dream. And then you have the fulfillment. So we're going to spend at least two or three weeks, probably three weeks, on Joseph. Um, and what I want to go, I want to start at the end and come back for a second. The scriptures were written for our admonition, which is a mild rebuke, but it's actually a warning. So what, what, is, what, what that means is that we see things through the Old Testament that we, we see what not to do. <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't know if you, so when you're looking at Jesus, you're seeing like what to do. Um, he's perfect theology. He's God became flesh. You, you see the heart of the Father healing the sick and, and casting demons out of people and bringing in the outcast and touching the untouchable and uh, remembering and seeing the forgotten and inviting the religious people, inviting the crook and the tax collector and inviting the harlot and, and just you see the welcome of God. So you see what to do and mostly in the Bible, everything else is mostly what not to do. So we're going to, and actually, I don't know if you know this, but it's actually how humans learn. We, we actually learn what not to do, which, which means, for example, have you ever heard a crazy story of someone who did something really stupid? Maybe you're that person. Maybe I'm that person. But the one thing I can really say to you is if you've ever done something really stupid, right, and, and I've, I've been here many times in my life, and it hasn't worked out for you, you have pain, you could have some shame, and you could have some regret. But here's what happens. When you invite the Lord into all of that pain and brokenness, you know what you get? A great story <laughs> and wisdom. Which means you learn that I will not revisit this series of decisions because this was the outcome. Right? So we're going we're gonna to touch on some of that today. But you have Joseph... The dreamer. Now, Joseph, his father was Jacob, and his mother was Rachel. Now, one of the things that's very interesting about Jacob is Jacob is like two people. 
You ever, you ever, you ever deal with someone and like, who are we dealing with today? Are we dealing with the happy version of you or the angry version of you, the sad version where it's like the stock market up and down? Who are we dealing with today? Uh, and so, well, Joseph, Jacob rather, is kind of like that guy. And what's fascinating about the Bible is the Bible calls him Jacob, and then the Bible calls him Israel. And then the Bible calls him Jacob, and then the Bible calls him Israel. So it's like, who are we dealing with today? Jacob, the supplanter, the, the, the heel grabber, the deceiver. Or are we dealing with Israel, the man who has received a touch from God and is no longer the same person? So, so in all of our lives, it's like, are we dealing with, who are we dealing with today? My mom used to tell my dad, are you going to be a Christian Italian or are you going to be an Italian Christian? What are you going to be today? What's, what's going to be first, your ethnicity, your personality, your pain, your dysfunction, or God, Christ? So this is the question all of us have to ask ourselves, who and what will be first? We were singing about a song, Jesus, 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 all I need is you, all I need is you, all I need is you, which is cute and it's very touching in the heart, but it's not actually true. I know people are like, oh, what did I just do? It's actually not true because in the garden, all Adam had was Jesus and God said, no, you need a woman, it's not good that you should be alone. So here's the problem when we're singing that song, Jesus, 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 all I need is Jesus. What we're actually, what, what our heart is saying, even though we don't really know what we're saying, our heart is saying we want you, Jesus, to be first so that everything else can be ordered right. Okay, so that's, that's, that's just the reality. Okay, now, so Jacob and uh, Rachel come together and they make Joseph. Now, Joseph's name has a bunch of meanings. Hebrew is not like English. For those of you who speak other languages, you know that English is a very flat language. It's, it's very non-expressive. I love my wife. I love my sneakers. I love my... I don't love my wife as I love my sneakers. So English is not really a very descriptive language. For example, in Greek, there's four letters, four words for love. English is not for, I'm not trying to pick on us who are English speaking, but it's not really a very descriptive language. If you, if you hear French, if you hear Portuguese, if you hear Spanish, if you hear Greek, it, you, you will notice that those are much more expressive languages. Okay, so Joseph, uh, he comes from Jacob and Rachel, and now Joseph's name means let him add. Add. Adding, increase, more, say more. more. Who likes more? I like more. <laughs> Carry on doing. To do again. You, you, you want, let me, can I say, you want more? Yeah. You want increase? Yes. Okay, good. Carry on doing and do it again. And keep doing it. And be consistent in doing it, because there's no compound without consistent. Be consistent. Don't, don't not get the results you want and all tap out. Be consistent. Leave the results to the Lord. In learning to be consistent, there's something that God fortifies on the inside of you that you will not be able to handle what he wants to give you unless, that is if, unless there's a deep resolution on the inside of you. That's why many people are not ready for what they're praying for, and God doesn't give it to them, not because he's bad, because he's good. All right, 
Now, he was born around 1500 B.C. in Padan Aram. Now, I thought that that was Iraq, but in fact, it seems as if it's Haran, Turkey today. You can fact check me. I looked into it. Okay, so there's that. Now, him, you're gonna, we're going to read this. The scripture is very clear on this. Him being his father's favorite helped his brothers be jealous of him. Let me say something to you as a father and as a parent. Favoritism isn't wise and it has damaging effects. I don't have a favorite child. They're all my favorite. There are things that I appreciate about all of them in their uniqueness. There are things that I see about them that remind me of myself and I go, ah! But I do not have a favorite. If you treat people with favoritism, you are unstable, you are unhealthy, and you are not a representative of God. For example, let's just say I like bread. Bread is my friend, I like bread. I cannot just promote bread into a position just because I like bread because that doesn't matter. Let's say I don't really like someone and I'm just like, okay, sure, fine. I cannot treat them like that. I have to show them love, the same love that I show him. Why? God is not a respecter of persons. God. So if God is not a respecter of persons, we cannot be respecters of persons if we are going to represent God well. So this, you're going to see from his dysfunction, it's going to give birth to pain in his family. Okay? Are, are, are you, you're going to see this. So his favoritism that he did and he had on Joseph is going to cost Joseph grief, is going to cause his brother's guilt, it's going to cause him grief, and it's going to make them miss out. One of the things I want to encourage you with, you have to learn, this is a very important part of your growth, spiritually, emotionally, also socially. You have to learn how to rejoice with other people when they're winning. If you cannot rejoice with someone when they're winning, you are not ready to win yourself. When you're winning, always remember someone who's not winning and consider them. But, but as, as believers, we have to learn how to do two things. Mourn with those who mourn, which means showing up in the pain with them putting your arm around them, going alongside them in the pain, and also rejoice with those who rejoice. Now, you may not be in a season of rejoicing, but I'm going to rejoice with you because you're rejoicing. And I may not be sad. I may just got a great breakthrough. I may have a breakthrough on the way to my house. But since you're mourning, I'm going to mourn with you because I know what it feels like to mourn. God has comforted me, so I'm going to step into your situation, not to try to manipulate you emotionally to make you pretend be happy, but I'm going to step into your grief, and I'm going to step into your pain, and I'm going to walk with you through it. I'm not going to walk around it. We're going to put our feet in the mud, and we're going to walk through it together. 
That's, 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 so this is important. So you're going to see in just a few minutes the damaging effects that favoritism is, is going to cost this family. This is a family that is dysfunctional. Who comes from a dysfunctional family? All of us? You do too. You're dysfunctional. Yeah, most of us, right? Not Jim. Jim's family is really saved. <laughs> so, so for the rest of us, for the rest of us, this is, this is going to be, you know. Okay, Genesis 37. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to go forward to come back. And I'm not losing my marbles. We're doing this on purpose, all right? Genesis um, 37. Now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger. In the land of Canaan, this is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, feeding the flock with his brothers, and the lad was with the sons of Bilal, the sons of Zilphath, his father's wives, plural, and Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Okay. Can I tell you something in, in New Jersey? Nobody likes a rat. Can I tell you, can I give you, can I give you a personal... Can I tell you something personal? If I ever hear that you're talking about me behind my back, you and I are done. Done. I'll forgive you. I'll bless you. I will love you. If you do not talk to me about me and I hear you talking about me behind my back, this is not a threatening thing. I'm not threatening anyone. I'm simply saying we're done because that is a breach of trust and our relationship is built on trust. So if you have a problem with me, you come to me. Or to Sarah. You don't, you don't go talking, and I won't do that to you. I'll come to you. This is how we protect and honor the relationship. So you don't, go, you don't go public on a private matter. If he saw that his brothers were doing something that was unrighteous, he should have confronted his brothers and said, Guys, what you're doing isn't right. But instead, he went to his father. You're going to see, this is, a, this is you're, you're going to see the reason. I want to show you the results of dishonor and dysfunction. Now, now Israel, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> you see, who we're dealing with today, pal? <laughs> Israel or Jacob? Now, Israel loved Joseph more than all his children. So we started with Jacob. And now we're dealing with Israel. I, I want to show you something. This is very, very damaging. Just because the Bible shows you something that happened doesn't mean it's right or it's good. This is descriptive. It is narrative. It's a story. The only person that we can say everything they did was good is Jesus. Everything else may not be good, but it's telling us what happened. And we should learn from what happened. This is really important. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Now, let me explain to you what, what this, this, is, this, is, this is true, and I hate to say this. But hopefully, as you get older, you're improving. Hopefully, you're less selfish. Hopefully, you're less irritable. Hopefully, you're less feelings. Hopefully, you're less touchy. Hopefully, you're more loving. 
So, if I could say it in this manner, Joseph probably got a better version of his father. I'm not proud of this, but I can tell you that Elijah got a better version of me than justice. So I have to intentionally connect with the heart of justice where with Elijah and Zoe it's different. Because, not because justice is messed up, because I, I was still young, still preoccupied with wanting to be beyond where I was and not fully enjoying where I was. You understand? I'm trying to talk to you real here. I talk to you from mistakes. I don't talk to you pretending I'm some, you know. So, so now this is something. So now he, this is the son of his old age. This, this is the last one. This is, you know, he really, I don't know if it was his last one, but it was the son of his old age. And so hopefully you live and you learn, you know. And he also made him a tunic of many colors, which we're going to get into that. In a second, his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all the brothers. They hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. So the tunic or the coat of many colors was the manifestation of how his father felt about him. You have to remember that. Favor has to materialize into something. That's why it drives some people crazy when they see a pastor or preacher or worship leader doing well because it provokes that jealousy in them, that insecurity in them. We don't go, oh man, Brett has a nice watch on today. How depressing. <laughs> I wonder if he robbed someone at work. I'm like, I'm happy for you. Great. Awesome. I'd rather you have a nice watch than a nasty watch. But that triggers people. People are triggered. So the brothers are triggered and they are jealous. And the father doesn't help it and Joseph doesn't help it. In fact, he agitates it and he stokes it, and he's going to pay the price for that. Daniel is a man who, he did the right thing with favor. Daniel received favor. The favor was not on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, just so you know. People think that they can go and do their own thing when the favor is not on their life. And then they go out without the person whose favor the life was on, and they, they, don't, they can't hack it. So the favor was on Daniel's life, and Daniel took the favor that he found because of the lack of compromise, and Daniel immediately gave Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego positions. So when you have favor on your life, you have to make space for people. You have to create space for people, not antagonize people with the favor that is on your life. So you're going to see what's going to happen because this is the results of this are not going to be good. Okay. Now Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more. So they don't like how dad feels about him. They don't like his coat, his breakthrough jacket, and they do not like his dreams. Can I tell you something? Can I give you just a piece of advice? 
If someone doesn't like you, that's okay. Leave them alone. Can I tell you something that I learned? If someone doesn't like me, that's not my problem. I like me. I have quite a good time with myself. I can carry along for long amounts of time by myself and I'm happy. I can travel by myself. I drove across the United States to Canada by myself. I've traveled the world by myself. I'm qu I can get along with myself quite well. There was a time where I could not get along with myself very well. But so if someone doesn't like you, that's okay. Someone else will like you. Someone's going to like you. Don't worry. <laughs> Potiphar's wife will like you. Somebody is going to like you, you know. <laughs> anyway, okay. Jerry, Jerry. All right. Okay, so he said to them, please hear this dream, which I have dreamed. Now he's asking them to, he's antagonizing them. Now, if you have, listen to me, if you have children, you know that the little one will antagonize the other ones. Just wait. Okay. And his brother said to him, uh, okay, verse 7, there, then they were binding, okay, so he, please hear this dream. Now he starts, they didn't say, yes, we want to hear it. <laughs> they were, there we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright, and indeed your sheaf stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. <laughs> You should have probably kept this prophetic word to yourself there. <laughs> it's like, but here's what I learned. When, when you have, um, when you act in zeal, you position yourself to learn wisdom. You know how someone is very zealous? I've been very zealous. You know what zealous people are usually? Stupid. <laughs> With good intentions. <laughs> so he's acting in zeal that's okay he's going to position himself to learn wisdom he's going to get himself into a real painful process that's going to feel more like a nightmare before his dream comes to pass the word of the Lord will always test you before it blesses you, you, you the, the word of the Lord will test you before the compound rebound blessing comes at you. Okay? Now, there are many people with zeal. Many people, can I, can I say this? I have seen many people come, oh, we're here, we're going to stay here, we're on fire, we love the Lord, we like it here. And they're not here. I have seen many young men start with fire to burn out. Many people start with zeal, but don't stick around long enough to gain wisdom. Don't stick around long enough. They don't, they don't lay roots in the ground. You know whose life changes? People who lay roots. You know who prosper and flourish? People who lay roots. Not people that are all over. Find somewhere and, and lay roots there and plant. Don't be a vagabond. Don't be a wanderer. 
Find somewhere, lay your roots down. All right. Now, you're going to see in a minute. Watch this. And his brothers said to him, shall you indeed reign over us or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he, still, uh, then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Look, I have dreamed another dream, and at this time the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars bowed down to me. Can I tell you something? What he's doing is stupid. He, he, it's, it's stupid for he, he's being antagonistic. They don't like him already, and he, and he is antagonizing them with the prophetic. The prophetic is not to antagonize people. It is to accomplish the purposes of God. When I get up here and I talk and I, maybe I touch your nerves, I'm not trying to bust your chops. I'm trying to build solid people. And if you don't address what is irritating you that I say, you will not walk in victory. But I'm not trying to antagonize anyone. I'm not trying to step on toes and anything like that. I'm, I want to build you and encourage you. But if you hear the truth and it stings, it's for you. If it stings, it's for you. So now he's telling them this stuff and they don't like him. Here, here, is, the, here, is, the, here is the basic emotional, intelligent spiritually mature, use your brain, have some self-awareness. If people don't like you, do not tell them your dreams. You never tell a half-brother your whole dream. You, you don't, these are half-brothers. There are people, let me say this to you, they are like half a Christian. They are not committed to Jesus to righteousness, to doing what is right. So you want to talk to them about a dream. They can't hear that. They're not ready for that. They can't handle your dreams. You, you have to really, listen to me, you have to really be cautious of who you share what with. You cannot overshare with people who will make public something that you said that's private. That's a very important part of ministry and confidentiality. When someone tells you something in private, assume that they don't want you to tell anyone about it. Don't assume that you could say something. Assume that you should not say something. So th this is this is so now God is speaking to this young man about his future and he's telling his future to people who don't care. Do not care about the opinions of people that don't care about you. You don't need their buy-in. He might have put himself in an unnecessary situation because he overshared. Watch who you share what with. Be very cautious who you speak to. And also... When, when someone that you respect talks to you, they might be testing you. They might be testing you. They might be telling you something to see if you will speak about it for them to know if they can trust you or not. 
Joseph was not mature spiritually. You're, you're going to see this. He, he, he was a young man. He had a calling of God. He was chosen. He had favor. He had all of the stuff. He had the, he had the rest. He had all of the raw materials. But it wasn't his time. Now, the process of your dreams coming true or coming to pass looks more like a nightmare in the beginning. Ask me how I know. When you, when you are on the path, you will ask yourself, what in God's name am I doing with my life? Is this, is this crazy? Am I crazy? And the answer is yes. But it's worth it. Now, here's the thing about Joseph. Joseph thought the dream was about him. Can I tell you something nicely? The dream is not about you. <laughs> okay. All right. You'll see it's not about him. Now, what is the dream about? Joseph's dream was according to what God spoke to Abram. God spoke this to Abram before he was Abraham. Do you know in walking after the word of the Lord in our life, we become another person? Do you know that Abram wasn't a friend of God? Abraham was a friend of God. Not Abram. Abraham. God is not friends with everybody. Cool, hey, I'm cool, you're cool. No, 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 no. God is not, do you know when, do you know Abram? Abram created Ishmael. Not Abraham. The friends of God, listen to me, they work with God, not against God. If you're going to be against me, you cannot be my friend. I will love you, pray for you, and forgive you. But you cannot be my friend. All of my friends are for me. You can't have friends that are working against you. Those are not your friends. With friends like that, who needs enemies? <laughs> I, 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 was telling to, I was telling something to my son, Justice. This is how pure his heart is. I was saying, we got to love our enemies. And he goes, Dad, you mean we have enemies? Because we're called to love people. We're called to be merciful to people. But you're not called to be friends with everyone. You're not called to share your dreams with everyone. Be very careful. All right. We're done with all that. Now, so he told it to his father and his brothers. And his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I bow, and your brothers uh, indeed bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, and his father kept the matter in mind. So this is kind of like when Mary heard from, from the angel. She heard, she kept all these things, she, she treasured those things in her heart. You have to be cautious what you keep in your mind. Not everything that you hear is supposed to be running through your mind. Not everything that runs through your mind is supposed to stay in your mind. 
You have to take authority. If you don't take your thoughts captive, your thoughts will take you captive. So you have to guard your heart. You have to watch your propensities. You have to watch what you have a propensity toward and guard that. That's one of the meanings of guard your heart. It's not just sit there like with a little shield. That's cute, but it's not only, that's not the only way to guard it. You don't only guard it by what you allow in, but you also guard it with what you allow out. Because if you talk about things before their time, you're throwing your pearl to swine. People are not ready. Most people hate their life and are frustrated, so they can't handle your dreams. Anyway, all right, where are we? Okay, verse 12. Then his brothers went to feed their father's flock in Shechem, and Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers feeding the flock in Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. So he said to them, Here I am. Now his father, listen to me, his father is in a state of disbelief. Have you ever not wanted to believe something and lied to yourself in the name of Jesus? <laughs> Have you ever lied to yourself in the name of faith and hope? His father knows that these brothers don't like him. Why are you sending your favorite to his brothers that don't like him? Let me say something to you about naive people. Not na being naive does not mean you're pure in heart. It means your mind is not is unrenewed. You, if you are naive to the nature of people and the nature of sin... You're not mature spiritually, and you're not healthy emotionally. People are foul. People will do foul, foul, foul stuff. So do not put yourself in a position for people to do foul stuff and then get surprised. Oh, uh, you know, they did something bad to him. They hate him. They don't like him. The coat you gave him didn't help. His attitude didn't help. Him reporting on them didn't help, and you sending him, they didn't help. This is so, now this is, when, let me say one thing. When you're a father, you are responsible for your children. He's putting his favored son, he's putting his youngest son in a vulnerable position. You want to see something that will get me hot? If one of my children is mistreating one of my other children, I will get hot quick. And I won't apologize about it because in my house they will not mistreat each other. And they will not speak disrespectful to my wife. And I'll whoop them. They will not. My dad used to say, hey, buddy, she was my wife before she was your mother. Have some respect. <laughs> and that's true. I learned that. If you think you can disrespect my wife in my house, that's not going to happen. So anyway... Then he said to him, please go and see if it is well with your brothers and well with the flocks and bring back word to me. So he went, he sent him out to the valley of Hebron and went to Shechem. Now a certain man found him and there he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him saying, what are you seeking? So he said, I am seeking my brothers. Please tell me where they are feeding their flocks. And the man said, they have departed from here. For I heard them say, let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan. Now, when they saw him afar off, before he came near them, they conspired against him to kill him. This is, this is what happens with envy and jealousy if you don't cut it off. It leads to murder. 
it leads to violence. The same thing with sexual perversion. If sexual perversion is not dealt with, it leads to violence. People will either do violence to someone else or they will do violence to their own physical body. And they'll start cutting and chopping. Perversion and jealousy lead to violence. Violence is the end of you not dealing with a hard issue. All right. Verse 19. Then they said to one another, Look, this dreamer is coming. Come, therefore, let us now kill him and cast him into some pit. Some wild beast has devoured, say some wild beast has devoured him. What shall we, then, uh, we shall see what will become of his dreams. Now listen. He has a negative nickname with them. Which means he's living in their head rent free. When someone has a positive nickname, a positive nickname is endearing. Jesus renamed people. Did you know that? He meets Simon. He goes, you shall be called. <laughs> you know, so, so God renames people. When, when, when someone gives, when God renames or when there's a nickname, that is endearing. This is jealousy and mockery. They're jealous of him. And look at this. They're jealous of their younger brother. Look how they look. Who's bigger, them or him? You are never jealous of someone who's insignificant. The reason you're jealous of them is because you believe they're more significant than you. He's living in their head rent-free. His actions is not helping it. His words is not helping it. His dad is not helping it. And his code is not helping it. And his bad report of them is not helping it. So what do you see this? You see all the things that are... This is... This dysfunction is going to do something. All right. They're after his dream, though. Why are they after his dream? They are after his dream... Because they are envious of him and they want to stop what is supposed to happen in his life and they don't know who they're being motivated by. Anytime you partner with sin, you're partnering with the devil. But these guys don't know that the devil serves God and God is bigger and God will use what the enemy meant for evil for good. So God will use their insecurity and their jealousy and he will use the father's lack of awareness and he'll use Joseph's lack of self-awareness, lack of emotional intelligence, lack of maturity, misuse of a prophetic gift, a lack of understanding of favor. God will, God will put all of our dumbness into the equation of his grace, mercy, and purposes. Isn't that good? Amen. So God looks at me, calculates all of the possible dumb, you go, wow, <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is algebra level dumb. <laughs> you know? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a lot of mercy and a lot of grace up in this equation because my purposes are going to be fulfilled. Yeah. That's good news. So now the dream, do you know that Joseph, Joseph thinks it's about him? In his vision, they're bowing down to him. He thinks it's about him. That's not what it's about. You know what it's actually about? What God said to Abram. Remember when God shows up to him and says, I am your shield and I am your reward. 
Abram's very next thing. I don't have a child. <laughs> like, he's like, I'm your reward. I'm your blessing. <laughs> the pain comes out. I don't have an heir of my own. God said the heir will be of your flesh and your blood. It will be from you. So then God begins to speak to him. And, you know, Abram, and this is, this is we've all been here, but Abram in this moment is preoccupied by his pain. He's preoccupied by what he doesn't have. But God is not dealing with his next little situation of having a child. That's easy for God. God is a visionary God who's talking hundreds and hundreds of years down the road. A generational God. We think now God thinks generations. We think now God thinks eternal. So listen to what God says to him. And this is in the context of him responding to God with an offering. Can I say one thing to you guys? In your life, you're going to have to learn how to respond to God based upon the situations you find yourself in. Sometimes the response to God is an offering. Sometimes the response is a prayer. Sometimes it's a song. Sometimes it's a sacrifice. Sometimes it's a hold fast and wait. In every season, you have to learn what is appropriate. How should you respond to God? Like if I have a need in my life, the first thing I do is I, put it, I plant a seed. If things are going in a way where I'm like, oh, this doesn't look favorable, I sow a seed. Because what, what happens is I will never receive a harvest on a seed I didn't sow. So you, you in your life, and, and not in a seed, let me tell you this, a seed does not solve every problem. Sometimes you don't need a seed, you need wisdom. You know, so you, 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 you just, you have to discern how to respond based upon where you are and where you're going. So God speaks to him. Now, this is in verse 12 of Genesis 15. Now, when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and behold, a horror and a great darkness fell upon him. Then he said to Abram, know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in the land, that is not theirs, and will serve them. Uh, this is, all this is, the, is toil. Will serve them, and they will afflict them, oppress them, for 400 years. If God said something like that, you'd be like, devil, get behind me. 400 years? We need a breakthrough tomorrow, Lord. But, but a man who's going to become God's friend. He's not there yet. A man who's going to become God's friend has got to believe God. Got to be able to listen with God. Got to be able to flow with God. Not self-will and self-aggrandizement, but God. And, and God is speaking to the desire in Abram's heart. Because the desire is for a son. God said, I'm bigger than a son. I'm going to give you descendants. I'm going to make you mighty. But you gotta, you gotta walk with me. So, 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 so he says this. No, certainly, say certainly. certainly. Certainly means your prayer is not gonna change it. <laughs> certainly means your seed in the bucket is not gonna change it. Certainly means you behaving and being a nice boy. That's not gonna change it. 
You have, you, they are going to go through something. We don't like that. I know, I know, I know. They will afflict them 400 years and also the nation whom they serve. I will judge. After that, they shall come out with great, say great, great. possessions. Yes. Amen. Louis bags and gold chains. They're coming out with great possessions. Now, if, let me tell you something for you guys who struggle with being religious. If great possessions didn't matter, God wouldn't say a word about it. It wouldn't be there if it didn't matter. The great possessions they came out with were part of the judgment of God on Egypt. That was the justice of God for Israel. Their hands worked those mines so that gold was theirs. God is a God of justice. God does not let oppression go on forever. There is a time in which the tipping point comes and, and the scales are tipped and God releases judgment. Watch. You can, you can take that to the bank. Now, as for, your, for you, now as for you, he goes for you, so that's not you. See, I told you what I'm going to do, but that is not your story. So not every story that you hear is your story. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, brother. Now, as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace and you shall be buried at a good old age. Hallelujah. I received that. Good and old. Amen? Amen. So now God is saying, listen, that is not going to happen to you, but this is going to happen to your descendants. He's speaking of Egypt. They were in Egypt 400 years. How are they going to get into Egypt? Jealousy and envy. Who is their problem? Not the white man. Not the Europeans. Who is their problem? Them. The greatest problem is you. My greatest problem is holding the microphone. <laughs> the greatest threat to the community is in the community. Egypt wasn't their problem. They were their problem. Their own dysfunction and bitterness and envy and jealousy and insecurity. They were the problem. Now Joseph has this dream and he has this self-aggrandizing, you're going to bow down for me, I'm going to be the storehouse, I'm going to be the big guy, I'm going to, I'm going to, my, even my parents are going to bow down to me, They're, even my parents are going to submit to my authority, I'm going to be my daddy's daddy, yeah? Oh yeah? That's what you want? You, you, the next scene is you in a pit looking up. You think everyone is going to bow down to you? Yeah, they will. But it's not about you. It's about the word that God gave Abram. And in Abram believing the word and believing God, it was accounted to him as righteousness. And when he became righteous, he went from 
Abram to Abraham and he became a friend of God because he believed God and walked with God and God doesn't do things unless he speaks to his friends. Amos says his servants, the prophets, God does not do anything, not because he can't, because he chose not to until he speaks to his friends. If God, listen to me, if God would speak to his friends before he moves and God knows everything, how much more should you select the right friends and speak to them? I don't need nobody. I don't need nobody. You're going to do nothing. You will be. If you say, I don't need nobody, you will be a nobody. That mentality, I hate that mentality. Hustle, grind, hustle. I don't need nobody. You'll have nothing. You'll die alone and broke. People that have generational wealth, they have a name and a family name. They know they need people. Do you see the desire of Abram's heart? Abram is like, I have something. God has given me something. I'm blessed. I've went out to war. I've won battles. I, have, I, want, I want to be able to, to give that to someone. That's a natural desire from God. That's a good desire. So now, Joseph, as a young man as he is, he thinks that this dream that he has is about him. But do you know that his dream is not about him? His dream is about God's dream. Because God's dream is people out of every tribe, tongue, kindred, and nation around the throne of God worshiping his son. And before that, God came with this type of language that in you or through you, Abram, all of the families of the earth will be blessed, which includes Egypt. You guys are going there to 400 years and you guys are going to sell yourself to those people. So he thinks the dream is about him, but it's about God fulfilling what he said to a man who was becoming his friend in believing in obeying. Abram became Abraham. And now Joseph is entering into the whole meta narrative of the Bible, which is from the end to the beginning. The heart of God is for all of the families of the earth to be blessed. Through Abram, who doesn't have a seed's seed, he still doesn't have a seed, and God is speaking to his descendants. The, I, you're like, I, I, I need to know about tomorrow. God is like, I'm thinking about generations. We have, we have I'm going to tell you something with the rapture, with the, with the false doctrine of the rapture has done to people. This, this, this idea, okay, thank you. He took a Bible out of the rain, bless him, Lord. So this whole thing of, of, of we're going to die and go to heaven, we're going to get sucked out of here on the first plane out of here. In addition to it not being biblical, it creates a victim mentality of people who want to escape. The Muslims go, oh, yeah. We're going to have nine or eight kids, one or two wives, however it goes, and we're going to take over Europe and we're going to vote you out democratically without any violence. We're going to push you out of your own home. That's what's happening now. They'll have six, seven, eight kids. Christians will have one, maybe. I'm not judging you guys. Start making babies. 
But, but what I'm saying here to you is that if you have no long-term vision, you have nothing to live for. It, it, and this is what many Christians are like. They're living for nothing, to go to heaven when they die. And, and, and the contention is over the earth, is over the land. The meek inherit not a cloud in the sky. The meek inherit the earth. The blood was shed, it dripped on the earth. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world is a system in the earth that kingdom people break through and penetrate to release God's purposes on earth as in heaven. But so, so now again, Joseph, his whole prophetic thing that he thinks is about him and his destiny, my purpose, and my destiny, and my calling... Say Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'd be a lot more happier with Jesus than you, you, you. In fact, I found, personally, me, 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 and I, I, I are miserable people. They're miserable. They're depressed. They're on antidepressants. They're angry because they're focused on themselves. You are not meant, your eyes are not put in the back of your head to look at yourself. Where are your eyes? You got, are you with me? You have two eyes, one mouth, that's another story, two ears, and your eyes are focused outward. If you focus inward, you're going to be miserable. Bill Johnson said he never found anyone who looked inward and felt happy. <laughs> so anyway. Let me continue now. As for you, go in peace. Verse 16. But in the fourth generation, they shall return. This is hope. For the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. Now, let me explain to you. I'm going to give you this. I'm not going to make this simple. The Amorites, their level of wickedness is going to reach a tipping point where they will be judged. And until that time, Hold fast in Egypt. <laughs> and the more Egypt afflicted them, the more they grew. The more they multiplied. So let me say one thing to you. The, the challenges that you face, the hardships that you face are not your problem. Your problem is how you, how you handle them and how you respond to them. Are you with me? So, so the, the, the things that you go through are making you, not breaking you. Don't let them break you. Don't let something that God is using to form you and fashion you and make you break you. Because God looks at our craziness and goes, okay, Joseph's crazy. His brothers are insecure. I said something to Abram. How do we bring this all together? And he does. In fact, Joseph is like, He's getting betrayed and sold out thinking, man, I'm losing. And in fact, even in the midst of his craziness and immaturity, he's moving closer to and being prepared for the promise and the purpose. But it is not singularly about him. See, that attitude that it was about him is why his brothers cast him out. 
He is thinking, I'm going to be something. I'm going to have something. You're going to respect me. And so he's thinking it's about him. But in fact, them going to him was actually saving them. So he got to save the people that sold him out. So how did Israel get into Egypt? Sin. Sin always leads to bondage, captivity, and poverty. Sin is so profoundly, it's such a nasty thief. <laughs> this is wild. It is possible for someone to be so smart <laughs> that they can gain 200, 500 million and so stupid that they can lose it all or jump out of a window. Isn't that crazy? That is the nature of sin, and that is a result of greed. Greed says you're going to get more, but you wind up with less. That's why if you're in a rush to get more, you'll wind up with less. Focus on being faithful. Don't focus on that. I got to get this. I got to get this. this. is what people do. I got to get money so I can serve God. Money becomes the God. Be wise what you have. Get more, but have it. Don't let it have you. Don't put it in a place it doesn't deserve in your life. It will betray you. One of the reasons I don't trust currency, it fluctuates. Anything that fluctuates, don't put your trust in it. Steward it. Don't let it have you. All right? So they sell him in. Now, now I wanted to do more of this. It's getting really late. This has been a full hostage already. Um, let me give you uh, just a few more just so that we can get into uh, what we got to get into. Okay. Verse 20, come, therefore let us kill him. They don't kill him. Verse 21, but Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands and said, let us not kill him. And Reuben said, shed no blood, but cast him into a pit, which is in the wilderness, and do not lay a hand on him, that he might deliver him out of their hands and bring him back to his father. So now Reuben is wanting to save his life, but he doesn't have the full courage to stand up against them and say, we're not going to do that. Sometimes you got to just stand up and say, I'm not going to do that. You're not going to do that in front of me. You know who I've seen do that? My son. I've seen Elijah do that. There was a kid getting picked on and he's like, leave him alone. Sometimes you just need to have courage and tell people we're not going to do that. You're not going to, we don't do that in this house. Sometimes it has, the courage is telling your own children, we're not going to do that here. Sometimes it's telling your wife or your wife telling your husband privately and, and graciously, we don't do that. We're not going to do that. Sometimes it's you telling yourself, we don't, I don't do that. I'm, I'm a kingdom person. I don't, I don't operate like that. You may come at me like an animal. I'm not going to act like an animal back with you. You're coming at me like that. You want to stir that in me. I'm not going to go there with you. Sometimes you have to have courage to stand up to people and say, no. He didn't have the courage. He wanted to do the side to avoid the conflict. Mr. Congeniality. You cannot be a kingdom guy with that mentality. People are not going to like you if you stand for something. You don't have to be antagonistic like Joseph. <laughs> but you, you could have a little courage to stand up. All right. Verse, and Reuben said, shed no blood. But it cast him into a pit. Okay, 
So it came to pass when Joseph had come to his brothers that they stripped Joseph of his tunic. The first thing they wanted, that coat, the Gucci. It drove them crazy. You know that it, sometimes it drives people crazy seeing people blessed? Do you know that they have whole pages on Instagram? One is prophets with watches, and the other one is preachers with sneakers. And they do it to showcase people, but the motive is not right. And you can send them the video. I don't care. Why, do you, why, do, why are they so upset about their little brother's coat? What inside of them cannot rejoice over someone's coat? That's a real deficiency, and he didn't, he didn't help them with it either. <laughs> so, and you know, people with favor don't care. They don't care. So, it came to pass when Joseph, oh, they stripped him of his tunic of many colors that was on him. Then they took it and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty, and there was no water. And they sat down to eat a meal, and they lifted up their eyes, and look, there was a company of Ishmaelites, oof, coming from Gilead with their camels bearing uh, spices, balm, myrrh, uh, on their way to carry them down to Egypt. So Judah said to the brothers, what prophet is there? Like, what are we going to get from it if we kill him, shed his blood? Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh. And his brothers listened. Then the Midianite traders passed by. So the brothers pulled Joseph out and lifted him up out of the pit and they sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver and they took Joseph to Egypt. Then Reuben returned to the pit and indeed Joseph was not in the pit and he tore his clothes and he returned to his brothers and said, the lad is no more, and I, where shall I go? Now, he's, why, why were they going to say that? Because he's the oldest. So he's responsible. So he, his father was unfaithful, and he is unfaithful. As a father, you don't put your children in vulnerable positions. If as a father, you put your children in vulnerable positions, you're responsible for what happens to them. This is why some people need to forgive their father because their father wasn't a man and he put you in vulnerable positions and it hurts you. And you're carrying that and you got to forgive him because you'll never get free of that anger until you forgive him. So now, they, they, so, so this is, so what's going to happen? Reuben tore, tears his clothes. That's a sign of mourning. Okay. So they took Joseph's tunic, killed the kid of goat, which is a little goat, and dipped the tunic in blood. Then they sent the tunic of many colors, and they brought it to their father and said, We have found this. Did you, did you know whether it is your son's tunic or not? Do you see? Not our brother. Your son. You see the depersonalization? Watch people's language. Listen to people. Listen real carefully to people. When they talk, listen. What kind of brothers would eat while there's brothers in a hole? Half-brothers. People that are not with you. They would, now look at, look at them. 
Look at their integrity. They would lie to their father because they hate their brother so much. So now the father that they're supposed to love and honor, who's a patriarch, who is going to go down in world history as one of the patriarchs, now they're playing their dad because of their bitterness toward their brother. And the father didn't help it. Do you know fathers are supposed to bring sons and daughters together? One of the things that I, I thank God for Pastor David is, Pastor David brought sons and daughters together. There were people that we connected with on a brotherly level because he was a mutual father. Christian, I have Christian. The only reason I'm Christian's friend is because of David. It's a multi-layered statement. <laughs> but but that, that fathers bring people together. Fathers are not supposed to split people apart. Fathers are not supposed to feed into favoritism, insecurity, jealousy. and all. So, so now these guys will, what they did was not sin. What they did was iniquity because they have to lie to cover up their sin. Sin always gives birth to iniquity. When you practice sin, it becomes iniquity. Sin is, I made a mistake, I missed the mark. Iniquity is like, I like missing the mark. And we're going to get 20 shekels for missing the mark. And we're going to lie to dad about it. So when they say it's not about the money, well, it seemed that it was about the money. Because they sold them for 20 pieces of silver. Everyone who tells you it's not about the money, not about the money, not about the money, they spent a whole lot of time getting money. 40, 50, 60 hours, it's not about the money, not about the money. I don't care about money. Well, 60 hours, 70 hours, 50 hours, it seems that you, in fact, do care about the money. I sure care about the money. I steward it. I, I, I mean, hello? Without the money, the place shuts down. Without the money, you get evicted out of your house. Without the money, they come take your car and your truck. So, but, but see, what they did, they were moved on envy and jealousy. Now, this is what sin does. Sin does not just destroy the relationship they had with their half-brother. Sin is now damaging the relationship they have with their father. Now, Reuben, do you know Reuben? The, the guy that didn't want to fully stand up to his brothers? And he's the oldest. So that lets you know there's a problem. When the oldest cannot be a peacemaker, that's a problem. Justice lives to make peace. When the oldest cannot make peace, he doesn't know who he is. He doesn't have the confidence to stand against his younger brothers. Do you know Reuben? Guess who Reuben, guess what the tribe of Reuben did not want to do when the children of Israel were going into the land. Reuben was one of the tribes that didn't want to fight. They didn't want to fight. Remember that? They wanted to stay on this side. They wanted the promise without the conflict that, that it takes to get the promise. Bless you. So nice having you here today. All these things happened to them. This is Paul talking about ancient Israel, their failure in the wilderness, the temptation, the grumbling, the complaining, the wasting their life. All these things happened to them, say to them, as examples, and they were written for our 
admonition. In other words, God allowed us to see stupid. So that we avoid stupid. One of the things I freely share with you is dumb things that I have done. Why do I do that? Because I don't have any shame about them. And I'm trying to save you pain. Most of the time that I'm talking, one of my core motives as someone who cares about you, I am trying to save you unnecessary pain. Why? Because I know that life and your journey with really walking with God will cause pain, that nothing I say in any way will cause you to avoid it. <laughs> There's no way to avoid it. I, I could write a book on it. There's no solution. There's no way. You enter into the kingdom through much tribulation. There's, sometimes there is only one way, and that's through it. So, these things were written for our warning. To warn us, the reason a father, let's look at God as father, the reason God as a father would warn his sons and daughters is because he loves them. So if God is warning us, it's so that he doesn't have to say, I told you so. He's trying to avoid us hurting ourselves. So God takes the biggest blunders of his best friends, of the men who walk with him, the women in history that walk with him, puts it in the Bible so that we will learn from it. Because that's what humans learn from. Humans learn from pain. I'm telling you, the only better teacher in life than pain is the Holy Spirit. And the only reason he's a better teacher is because he's God. Aside from him being God, there is no greater teacher than pain. Because you will never forget pain. All right. So now, Joseph is going to Egypt. Here's the good news. The mission of God is moving forward. Here's the other good news. We're done. <laughs> Here's some ways that you can give. I encourage you to be faithful in your giving. Be generous in your giving. We were able to be a blessing to Haiti. This week, we wanted to raise like three grand. I think we sent like twelve or $1,300, which was a nice start for the school that they're doing. So I appreciate all three of you. <laughs> anyway, but anyway, so God is good. And I want to just leave you with um, one thought. The mission of God and what God is doing, even though... Joseph does not feel as if the dream is coming to pass. Joseph doesn't feel, watch me, that he's making progress. He's actually moving toward the very thing that him getting sent away from his brothers, he probably doesn't know what's happening in his life. So the thing that he perceives as a misfortune, which it was on a human level, it was also the thing that was preparing him for what his future was going to hold in God. 
And God was going to be with him in all of those situations. And God was going to prove him and prune him and test him and develop him. And that's what God is doing with us. So, so we're going we're gonna to have a few weeks on this. All right, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the process of God in our life, that you work with us and you work in us and you walk with us and you work through us and you are so committed to us as your sons and as your daughters. And Lord, we want to walk with you and we want to embrace the purposes that you have for us and we want to embrace the process in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Rescue Church podcast. For more information, visit rescuechurch.tv slash invite.